0: Just telling Alexi about Sophia's uh, investment uh, tips she gave me. Oh yeah, like I like we waited till we had six drinks, and then I'm like, (laughs) "Tell me about investing (laughs) 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 the crypto stuff." Yeah, she's like, "I
1: gotta send that to Kevin." Yeah, yeah. uh, um, I know. I think because even the stock market is thinking of that stuff too. But I just think the stock market right now too is so. Accelerated and hyper and overbought that I do. Yeah, think there's like just you know, wait a, a bit. Crash is gonna. Co- yeah, but the what I did is when it crashed for COVID. Yeah. which is kind of dumb, but it, it worked out so much in my favor. Is I was like, oh, this shit's not gonna last that long. Like the world will come together and get yeah. this figured out. Um, in the stock market, it took like almost a thirty percent dive, and I'd never really been in it, and I'd got some thing, some investment I paid into my work for our stocks that. um whatever matured over five years so it all came through Mm -hmm. as a lump sum and then so i had it for a bit and i was like oh what will i do with this so then the market dropped like 30 percent, so i put the whole thing in and then it actually like recovered quite quickly whoa that's good i made like then so it was like i got in all these stocks at like a discount yeah so that's sort of so i think that's going to happen again maybe not to the same degree and i don't maybe not soon but it does seem so Huh. in a bubble now like the way there's like weeds everything's just going crazy with stocks but I also wow. think there's everyone's bored at home for
0: just, sure it's so weird like at the beginning of the pandemic uh, uh, music streaming numbers went way down because no one oh. was listening to music they were watching movies so YouTube streams went up Wait. and Netflix like that was popular and now music's kind of back I think a lot of people may listen to music when they work out or when they drive or yeah. when they go somewhere yeah. so at home it's it's less common, I guess. I guess if you're home, you're just going to probably watch something. So, yeah. So is the beginning true. of that, when everyone's, you're being urged to stay home, you know?
1: Yeah, that is true. Especially if you're home with someone else, because mm-hmm. um, then you don't want to yeah, blast your musical taste on them, but it's also weird to have headphones on. So, uh, yeah, that's wild. Because I, for sure, like the, the gym is my main music. And when I'm going to the gym, like five days a week or whatever I'm yeah. doing, then I'm so on top of like, oh, have you heard this new album or that one? Yeah. Yeah. And then, I always grew up like loving hip hop and stuff. And my dad, my dad was the one, or not the one thing he did great. He did a lot of things. But one, <laughs> one, <laughs> one talent, the, the one thing he really did well was uh, music. Like he'd play like, you know, like mm. Pink Floyd, or like Bob Dylan. You'd always have, That's cool. you know, those on as, as a kid. So then I feel I always appreciated those, but I got, you know, heavy into hip hop and basically never got out. But then now I'm like, oh, there's probably so many things that are just, that I don't really know the full album. Like, yeah. you know, from, so I've like, looked at like top 100 albums all time and i've been like listening through those oh that's cool goals. yeah
0: like trying to i don't know what expand my horizons do you when you play it do you write uh like stand-up or anything while you listen? no no i will sometimes like <clears throat> i believe in a
1: thing uh actually it's a guy ryan Holiday, he's uh author dude I, I knew from back in the day he um he wrote writes like uh ego's the enemy obstacles away he has a, all these kind of books he, he writes um that are philosophy oriented uh but he yeah he said you know if you and which i don't think he made it up but he I, he was one that told me it's like if you just listen to the same song over again to a point where it doesn't really like factor into your thoughts it's just like a background thing i have a few songs like that like yeah i need this mood to write but that's more for like writing writing. Oh, so come. listening to the same song over and over again you would write to that
0: yeah i think oh. so because then it's not like
1: factoring into your thoughts where it's if yeah. a new song and it's great you're like you know the song takes priority, or if it's like yeah annoying or yeah, if it's just anything or the lyrics are weird, like or something, yeah, I can yeah. just throw my thoughts off, but yeah, yeah, comedy, I just usually um just I put headphones on like I have music, like noise canceling ones, and I just walk sometimes just up and down hastings, like where it's crazy, really, and then because then you just look. If you fit in, if you're just yeah. talking to yourself, like, ah, like, you literally <laughs> know what bats in eye. So, yeah,
0: I just go back. And- all your material, new materials, about Hastings Street. It is. Yeah. <laughs> I have this, like, whole chunk
1: on it. And I'm like, I walk up and down, but it's true. But was like, yeah, full, not like, it's not all on it, but I do have, like, two lines where I'm like, yeah, this is a real thing. And then some dude came up to me after a show at Kino and was like, oh, man, I'm not comfortable when you talk about. You know the the homeless thing, because and I was like, dude, I'm on that street, mm-hmm. like, yeah, you know, what, and I'm not dissing them. Like, I, no. you know, it's like you got to be able to talk about. That's what comedy is. Yeah, like, you know, it's a bit uncomfortable. You bring it up, but you know, yeah. I'm not like punching down, being like these losers, It's like, <laughs> <laughs> like that. yeah. so yeah. crazy yeah. if you start. I know it would be you
0: changed. <laughs> <laughs> you you just hit hit it in investing, and then that's your whole act. Yeah, <laughs> you know, everyone's a loser except me.
1: Yeah, I think a few people that that was so that was like a, a a killer act in the '80s, like '80s comedy. That was that would make you famous punching oh, down yeah. on homeless yeah. Oh, people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah or Jesus. anything. Yeah. yeah, I think it's like Dice Clay was a
0: huge yeah. punch down guy. But um, and then you go oh, yeah. and everyone would be no. like, "That's a punchline." Yeah, I know. <laughs> Is that a nursery rhyme? And then that sound That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. we've evolved a little bit, but have we? I don't know. <laughs> I actually love Dice. I saw him um, at. Uh, Gavin Matts opened for Bill Burr in LA, and I went. And then there was like a VIP area, and Andrew Dice Clay was in there with his son, who he clearly loves very much. And it was really endearing to see him being like, "You're fucking handsome." He still like sounds like that even while he's complimenting his son. Yeah, because you were saying you watched the Comedy Store documentary. Yeah, well, did yeah, you watch it? Mm, I yeah. did. Yeah, but it's so
1: funny that Dice is just his own, like how he set up in that he's <laughs> just himself with no sleeves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Like yeah. there's no interaction. It's just yeah. like him going off, which is great. But yeah, I, I even like his
0: new material. I yeah, I do like, too. Yeah, I also love that it sounds like like everyone that worked with him and knows him, he's completely committed to absurdity in a way that people don't know. Yeah, like uh, the different doormen that worked at the Comedy Store. The rule was if someone wanted a picture with dice he, they the person taking it who worked there would have to as a rule take a photo and crop dice just barely out of it <laughs> just just to be an idiot yeah and he also says that and apparently he always steals bottles of water from the airport just on principle like, he'll steal it from wherever and then just throw it in the garbage. Like, he's oh, just an absurd smart. guy. I do I love, love that. that. Yeah, me yeah. too. Yeah. That's the same as, like, taking shampoo from, like, hotels and stuff, too. Yeah. It's like, but you don't use it. Like, that's, <laughs> that's my thing is I just take it just because yeah. I'm like, I paid for this hotel room. Yeah. I'm gonna I take all- this. I earned this body lotion that's in the shower. Yeah. Always confusing. <laughs> Do you put the lotion on and then wash it off in the shower? Or after the shower, you put on the lotion? Okay. I don't know anything about lotion. It's very confusing. Well, body gel is another thing. I'm like, is this a lotion? Is this a wash? It's like, for it a loofah. No but they don't supply oh. the loofah because that would be disgusting. It's for a loofah? I think so. Oh. Body gels? supposed to put it in a loofah and then oh, weird. exfoliate, I think. That's so weird. It does make sense. It does yeah. make sense. Interesting. Well, I learned something new today. About bathing. I don't like the feel of loofahs, so sorry. It's all scratchy. <laughs> yeah, I'm also not a huge...
1: Yeah. I'm plus, it's like an extra step.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Well, like, also, if you have one in your shower and, like, I just... Like, what do you do? You put it in, like, the wash? Like, it just gets dirty over time, right? Like, I feel like you can't put that in the wash. No, self-cleaning. The self-cleaning loofah. <laughs> Soap? That's the, that's the next thing we're going to invest in. It's going to go great for us. Self-cleaning loofahs? Yeah. I'm here for it. Um, Chris, can you please tell the Tucker Max story? Uh, Tucker Max story, the whole thing. There's I mean, a- that was you. You got into comedy as like a teenager, and then that kind of happened, right? No, 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 no. I got into comedy when I was twenty nine, so very
1: late starter. Oh, it's opposite I, like, of what I said. Started. Sorry. Yeah, but the uh, the Tucker Max happened all pre comedy. Oh, um, really?
0: Yeah. I thought you were doing stand up opening for him.
1: No, no, not at all. Not at all. That's where uh, I um, got introduced to stand up more or less because Bill Dawes, who's uh a, a LA comedian, was on the tour doing that. Like he was okay. opening for the movie. So yeah. it's a long show. I don't Some people probably don't know Tucker Max. Um, if
0: you don't, uh, I don't know if I would, in today's climate, <laughs> <I'll get laughs> No. <on>. Well, <laughs> it, it's crazy because it was sort of like pre Twitter. Yeah, but it was that, brand new internet. There that was... kind of thing where you'd share it with your friends, though. And it was yeah. this guy, and he was like a frat boy who would write these like pretty like ignorant things. He, he had a book called I Hope They Serve Beer in Hell. And it was like a bestseller, but it was like very like man show kind of. Mm. Yeah, it was. Do you know him? Are you familiar with him at all? I, This sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. He
1: was. So, yeah, that's, that's a decent description. So what it was and I, from my perspective is the internet was kind of. You know, it wasn't first invented, but it was, you know, it'd become like commonplace where, you know, I'd go to university to write essays at night and uh, I would just, you know, be on the computers. And I was just, there was no content on the internet. There, was, I don't think YouTube was even invented
0: yet. Yeah. So it was just
1: websites. <laughs> um, and you're, I was just so desperate. And then there was this guy, Maddox, who would write. He's yeah. Pretty, yeah, he's Maddox. funny, yeah. Super, like, and yeah. at the time there was nothing like it. And he was just kind of like, you know, kids are stupid. I think what <laughs> Harry Potter sucks.
0: Yeah. And this the is, movie signs is shit. Yeah. yeah. Even
1: Harry Potter was not invented. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh but he even predated like Louis C.K.'s like kids suck bit. Like, yeah. this is like, you know, in the 90s or something. And then, uh yeah. And then so I found that and through that found Tucker. And Tucker was like, hey, I'm an asshole full on. Yeah. But the only service I do to the world is share my drinking stories. And, uh and, and me being an asshole and it was i mean and i was in college i was like 22 probably when i first stumbled upon it maybe a bit older even like 24 but it was i'd never read anything like it so it was the funniest yeah it was shocking thing yeah it was like super shocking yeah. like oh my god he can't say that now it wouldn't even phase anything now that the internet's full come into its own and four chans existed like it wouldn't oh, yeah. even yeah be but at the time it was you know and from weirdly from a male perspective to be able to kind of like you know speak your thoughts or like you know weird things, but in in the original stories too he would always he would kind of lose at the end even though he was like a like yeah full-on asshole the entire time he would lose at the end which is then you kind of laugh at him and you would move on to the next story and they're crazy stuff that you've never done or thought of or anything like that so yeah that was uh, and then i found out there was a book and then from the book i found out he had his own forum and then i joined the forum and uh Yeah, then, you know, that that was hilarious. It was, and it was really popular at the time. It was like, you know, massive, you know, millions of unique hits a month or some kind of thing and like users. And then so um, in that, you know, I'd post some things and I became a moderator of that forum. And then I got to know Tucker through that. Wow. And then when the book, um, the book ended up, because it was rejected by everything. Like it was like- um, all the
0: publications?
1: Nobody would touch it. Yeah, yeah. And it was, uh, I think Jeremy Strauss, the guy who wrote the game, Neil Strauss. Neil Strauss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah vouched for, uh, um, for Tucker. for Tucker. I didn't I know that. How it happened? Yeah, <laughs> and then it was like this book will be something to Simon and Schuster. I think it was, and then they were like, yeah, and then it's you know it's selling million of copies, like you know yeah. airport, yeah, commonplace, and the amount of people in that era that know that book is crazy. Like it was, yeah, it was a thing for a, a minute for sure. And then so, then there was like an intense bidding process on the script because you know. Tucker had written a movie for it. And but Hollywood wanted to be like, hey, we'll take it. We'll make our own thing. We'll cast our own people. And yeah. Tucker just demanded like creative control. He's like, No, you guys will mess it up. I want to mm. do it right. Um, so he took um, still a decent amount of money. It was actually with the guys who made Donnie Darko at the time it was called Darko Entertainment. Oh, um, crazy. Yeah, but now they're <laughs> under a different studio name. But it's I think Sean McKittrick's the guy's name, but they did um the um Keen Peel, whatever the first Keanu. Yeah, um, scary movie was that they did. Um, oh, Get Out. Yeah, Get Out. They did so, that one. Okay. Which, which popped. So the same studio, Bloomhouse. I can't remember the new name. Okay. Might be, but yes. whatever yeah. that was, it mm-hmm. was like formerly this. So it was a, a decent budget, you know, millions of dollars. And then, uh, yeah, they just made the movie. And then I was like, Hey, Tucker, you know, I'll, I'll come help out on tour. And he was like, Yeah, sure. And then, so they just went on a tour bus. We premiered the movie before it came out in theaters. Generally, in college towns or pla sometimes some major metropolises, but where that we could get that demographic in their you know early twenties college kids and then um premiered it yeah in like all sold out shows before wow. it came out in theater, so I was just like a nobody idiot in Canada went on this tour bill Dawes was the m c so he'd introduce the movie they they would uh do the movie, then he'd come out and do a q and a, and you know Tucker would talk, and it was always like you know sold out. And then usually there was like a massive after party after almost every single stop, except the ones where we had to drive um, overnight. And yeah, it was just the most insane thing to me. And then, and always had like, since I was a kid wanting to do comedy and Bill Dawes was there, I was like, Hey man, how do I, you know, get into comedy? And this other amazing dude, Ben Corman was there and him and I would ask Bill and Bill's like, you just got to try it, man. Just go back. And I happened to be friends with a lady who used to, was like a major, um, gm and booker in calgary for comedy and so i was like i want to try it and she was like yeah i'll I'll hook you up so yeah that was the whole tucker thing but the experience to being on tour was wild because the movie bombed yeah (laughs) and if it had done well we had like you know a lot of big plans i was editing some other websites for tucker because he'd had a stable of writers that couldn't get published some amazing people were in that and then really gone on to yeah great success um like robert green who wrote like 48 laws of power and, and that. like he was in it this guy mark ebner that's a uh, an awesome journalist in la um yeah it was a, a whole bunch of people kind of in that couldn't get traditional publishing but that you know tucker were trying to blow up on the internet which i think would have been successful but then yeah yeah the movie didn't do too well um for oh. a lot of reasons uh and
0: he, yeah did he star in it no, no,
1: okay, didn't. <laughs> but he was—he like, actually had a really funny role where he played like a bumbling. He played the best man of the guy who played Tucker. Yeah, you know, um, which was like Matt Zukries. Like I think he's on like the Good Doctor. Some one a show with Doctor in, in the name or the like, Good Son. One of those shows. Um, but uh, yeah, he—he he played it. But yeah, Tucker played his like idiot brother trying to give the funny best man speech at the wedding <laughs> okay. and just bombing. <laughs> That's good. Which was yeah, pretty funny. But yeah. Yeah, and then it, it was it was crazy, too, because I actually, to a certain extent, kind of, like, idolized Tucker and never haven't met him. And he's, yeah. I'd met him a few times in L.A. and stuff before, and he's a very smart guy. But then, yeah, he is an asshole. Like, he was full on it. I mean, I think now he's done, like, a lot of, like, work and psychology <laughs> therapy. and therapy and stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he was, like, an incredible narcissistic asshole. Wow. But at the same time was the only person ever in life when I was just, you know, 20-some-year-old kid in school that had ever said, hey, just do what you want in life. Just follow your heart you know kind yeah of, yeah he didn't say it you know that uh flowery i guess but you <laughs> know, he'd be like, just do what you want like don't you know and i i was literally on this train track path of success like you know getting two degrees from university buying a house doing all that um but then that thought where and then i got to meet all these like brilliant people and it's a cool creative community that yeah. he fostered through his message board um that yeah, I was like, holy crap! You can kind of do everything, and then that tour proved it. Like, yeah, this multi million dollar tour with stars in the movie and and press and and like we bumped a movie out of the Arc Light Theater in L A. Whoa! Oh, got <laughs> oh, the shit. big premiere there, yeah. And then like the, I think like invention of lying with Ricky Gervais was at the Chinese Mans or whatever the other one, and yeah, it was like full red carpet. He let cool. us all walk down the red carpet. Oh, that's cool. He's like, I want my crew to be there, so it was like incredible but then I w- the movie bombed and I just Aww. went back to Canada and was like oh man is like, that <laughs> when you decided to start doing stand-up though yes like not not like and it, that Ben Corman from Philadelphia messaged me after and he's like hey man sucks because he was going to move to LA like you know the whole the whole thing and I think him and I were really going to try to to push the publishing yeah, know, physical imprint of books um because Tucker wanted to get out of his Simon and Schuster contract and you know do physical books on his own imprint um, but then the movie, yeah, just.
0: So the movie well. not doing well changed everything for everybody. It did. It really wow. did. It was Tucker shut
1: down everything. He shut down the message board. He just like, was like, cause he, he had been very cocky about like this. Movie. I'm going to be flying over all of you in my private jet. When this movie. Oh, no. thinking, yeah. He's like a wrestling oh. villain. <laughs>
0: oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. One time he was the
1: hero. Like for And he believed it. He And yeah. I think you have to have that like yeah. insane belief in yourself mm-hmm. at, at to, to get to that level of success. So, in that sense, you know, I kind of I can defend them, and and I believe it too. I was like this movie when I saw, I couldn't believe it got made. Yeah, and there was definitely some major problems with it. Like the director was a a, a massive problem, and <laughs> and some things, you know, Tucker, who I think has admitted since then that you you know he was purely green in the in the industry and in the experience, mm-hmm. to, and made some like he's like no, we got to do this, we got to do that, and those things piled up. Um, the one of the biggest mistakes is that they marketed it. In theaters, they went for a mass distribution, not countrywide, but targeting theaters in college towns, not realizing that, uh, or not factoring in that, like, you know, the Friday numbers were decent. And I was literally in LA watching those numbers come in live with Tucker's assistant, and it came in, uh, Friday was decent, but they're like, oh, we need a big pump Saturday, or this thing. And Saturday, the numbers were like zero.
0: Oh, what Zero.
1: Partly because word of mouth, because the movie wasn't incredible, Yeah, but the biggest factor was because college towns shut down Saturday for their college football games oh oh my god God. the whole town goes to the hundred thousand people go to the stadium (laughs) like so just the numbers were negligent yeah and it was so bad that the theaters are like oh we can't and they couldn't switch strategies and be like hey we'll pull it out of this theater because from the college ones it just yeah it was uh they should have done a New York LA small opening and you know expanded from there yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Um, would have been cheaper and all all these other reasons. So I think those things Tucker didn't know. But yeah, it was it was pretty wild. And then just to be back in Canada, yeah, There's nobody in Ben's like, hey man, I'm gonna fly up. Uh and I'm like, yeah, I know this lady, she can get us on some open mics, we'll write our little uh comedy bits, and then um and this jacket, I'm actually wearing comedy Monday night. We she took us out there, got us spots, and uh where's that? Um in Calgary. Okay. Where yeah. I started comedy, yeah. It's a great, I think it's Canada's longest running uh, room now, wow. open mic, but it's just jam-packed, you know, every Monday, like yeah. to to yeah, you can't even get in, uh, except now, <laughs> <with> COVID <laughs> and stuff, but, and it was, yeah, it was such a, a a great experience, but, um, yeah, when Ben was like, oh, I'm going to come up and, and stay with you, he's like, I just want to watch the Super Bowl first, and I remember it was the day before the Super Bowl, and then uh, I was like, okay, cool. And then book your ticket after. But he pretty much watched the Super Bowl. And he's like, yeah, I'm getting on a flight. And I was like, oh, like today. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to my house and just like lived alone. So yeah, he's, and he ended up staying for a month. And we just hit mics and drank. Wow. Yeah. And I'd never drank like I did during the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah He was the first guy in the morning. He's like, have you feel hungover? He's like, just have a drink. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. And then that, that's a different.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it was wild, but it was fun. Wow. So, so when you did that, the tours and stuff, you already had kind of like a career. Yeah. That was I had had my own business. I had a a job.
1: Yeah. It was like the, I did like rights and permissions, like a legal kind of thing, which was not like, didn't involve a law degree. Uh, But uh, um, yeah, like university Toronto, uh, higher education was like my main client. And then this other company, Broadview press that I used to work for, but I just went on my own and contracted with them. So I, yeah, I had that full business and then yeah, house and all that. But when I, uh, started comedy, I just couldn't look at spreadsheets anymore. Like it was oh, like yeah. my yeah. brain had just been like because I'd repressed yeah. and I'd always I, you know, I wanted the degrees that it was English just because I'm like, I know this makes no sense for any future career, but I love it. So I yeah. want to <laughs> do something I love. Yeah. And I picked up poly sci because I was going to go to law school. Um and then thankfully like kind of read Tucker Max and I was working at career services at university. And they're like, and the just the feedback for laws for lawyer jobs, like post school was so brutal Mm. that I was like, Oh, I can't. And I hate rules. And I was like, man, that's not me at all. Like I just, yeah. And you know, I blew it all up pretty, pretty crazy. Like,
0: yeah, it's funny. Like my last day job I had was HMV and I'd be there for like eight hours a day. And I'd be like, (laughs) this is such a waste of time. (laughs) This is crazy. (laughs) This is like, I really just had this feeling like I was like dying a little bit being there. And I, no one cares. No one, you know what I mean? And it's like, and you're really doing two jobs because you're doing that job and then you go home and do the thing you actually care about. Right. And then you're just. But
1: HMVT you would be closely as merging yeah. your passion to, a, to a, a job that doesn't, but it doesn't do it at
0: all. Yeah. <laughs> like maybe the first yeah. day you're like, I'm surrounded by music. Um, yeah, it was, yeah. I was. And then the people that worked there were really cool. And it's funny because that HMV was the big one on Robson. Mm. Nice. It closed down and then the entire staff just somehow got jobs mm. at Whole Foods Oh, so weird. I went in there and it was like all of them. <laughs> but you know what's so funny is like when I um when I quit that job, it was because I got um I I co wrote uh, and produced some stuff for Carly Rae Jepsen, and I got a check for seven grand and oh. i was like i quit oh. it was the, definitely the most money i'd ever had in my life oh my god and then my boss at hmv was like yeah well you know the music industry is tough so uh, like he was like really yeah. condescending like you shouldn't quit hmv just because you those people oh. are the worst what like right but that yeah. that's what yeah. kind of makes me agree with tucker max's things like no you're gonna fuck this up you don't get the culture you don't get it so i i need to be part of this because it's like uh, he probably heard Sylvester Stallone say that because Sylvester Stallone was so poor, and then wrote the script for Rocky, and then studios were interested in it, and he was like, "No, I star in it." And they're like, "Your face is weird." Yeah, and then he was like, <laughs> "I don't care." It's I like the muscles compensate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He sold his dog in order to pay rent in that time, oh and my then God. and then got the movie made, and then went and bought his dog back. Like, oh. yeah, it's a it's a wild story, but that's you, really cute. I didn't know that. You, you have to believe in yourself like that. Yeah. yeah, I yeah. think you do. I yeah. think you
1: do. And the the funniest thing with, with Tucker too is that, um, what I mean, he was under immense amount of pressure too. That mm-hmm. you you can't really realize, and just you know all these things, and when there's that amount of money involved. But there's a movie. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen it, or if you guys ever seen it. It's called Overnight. Uh, Love so, it. You know it's my what? favorite documentary.
0: Oh shit! You it's know. the yeah. best. Everyone should see it. You got to come watch it. I yeah. will. Yeah. So it's. Do you know Boondock Saints? that movie i haven't seen it oh, so as a big tarantino fan i'm surprised because it's it's kind know. of an offshoot of that it is pulp fiction success yeah. it is yeah so that and then
1: that movie too which i i remember this one time when i was i was working this night shift job while i was going to school and i did a favor i tiled this floor at a mall for this guy and he's, he was this massive stoner and then he's like, I'll, he's like i <laughs> subcontracted the job so and we i worked like six days a week so it was my sunday off eight hours and I remember he showed me how to do it and then he just like kind of leaned back and, was working, and I'm, like, <laughs> oh my God. I'm like I'm doing like 90% Looking of this good but, Chris yeah and and like he was like 28 which at the time was ancient to me and I think I don't know how old I was probably like 22 or something probably younger even yeah um and I was doing it but I'm like oh whatever he's the old guy now knowing like 27 still fine like to, to do this <laughs> so I did most of the work and he's like I'll pay you $500, which is, again, was it just like this bonus fortune I would get of just yeah. cash. Yeah. Um. He probably got the contract for like five grand. <laughs> <Yeah>. just, <laughs> yeah. So then I'm like, hey man, I'll, I'll I need the, he's like, hey, I'll pay you next week. He's like, okay, show up, doesn't pay me. He's like, can you just drive me home though? I'm like, yeah, drive him home. I keep giving him rides after work. And then he's like, uh, and I'm like, and it's been like three weeks now. And he shows up, and I was like, "Hey, man, where's my money?" Like, yeah, yeah. He's like, "Dude, if you just drive me home, I've got the money at home." And I was like, "Yeah, this is the last ride you're getting home ever." He's like, "I'm gonna come in your house and get the money." He's like, "No, I got it, I've got it." So he goes in the house, co- comes out, and he gives me like $250 cash, which is half. And then he's like, "Hold on," and he goes back and he gives me like a bag of weed that's like, <laughs> like massive. Like oh my like god! Brick, oh like, cool. I'll just give this to my landlord. Yeah. And he, he's like, "This is worth, um, you know." Way more than the other $250 if you sell it. And he, and I think it was April. So school was just winding down. And then so that summer, I just smoked weed every single day. Like, <laughs> I didn't give it to anyone. I just waited. I remember That's by the end of I summer, that was going. it was just like the driest. Like, I'd be like, like yeah, it would just like <laughs> crumble. It was awful. But what I did too is I started at the A section in movies because I would work night shift. Oh. and I, worked, I remember I worked 21 days in a row, had one day off, worked 22 days in a row. So my Fuck. summer was not spent party and it was like so i would just like rent a movie go to work um come home smoke weed watch that movie and then drop it off on the way to work and rent another one and i started at a's i'm like i want to watch every movie you know i've missed in my life yeah i think i only made it to like the d section (laughs) after four months of just being stoned but one was boondock saints which i'd never heard anything about and it was an incredible movie Mm -hmm. but then that documentary is about how it got like torpedoed because the guy was such a dick and tucker himself when he made the the movie, he referenced that specifically. And it's like, this is what you don't want to be. You don't want to be this toxic, yeah. psycho, like self-absorbed person. But as it was so weird, because I would write about the tour as it was happening, kind of blog live. And I had to stop because I'm like, I'm living this movie. Oh, my <laughs> God. <laughs> really? Please. This exact thing. Yeah. But I think it was, you know, I still always will. Yeah. Like to understand the pressure he was under. For sure. And that he made that whole thing happen. He was the he,
0: first he was viral thing. Internet thing yeah he so, and he yeah. and Maddox kind of were
1: they were they were yeah. full-on they were like yeah. as far as like especially
0: for like you know college age men like or whatever like when, I remember know. in high school people printing off stuff from their websites and yeah. bringing it to school like yeah. <laughs> check this out
1: I know oh um, it, yeah there was like no Facebook there was no, yeah. it was just the only way you would have to find a website weirdly like there was no way to even find it I guess Google, but and I remember I found Maddox by typing best page in the universe or funniest thing. oh that's right yeah and I was
0: yeah. like oh cool what's this and it was at the time so Alexi <laughs> Overnight yeah. is about this dude who this is it's so good <laughs> I like I've watched it like 20 times
1: yeah. and it's one of those movies that's supposed to be about something else that yeah the
0: movie becomes it's a it's a true story it's a documentary trek, yeah. so oh. so this guy he he was a he was a bouncer at a bar in Boston in Boston and he on his breaks would write a script for the movie that then ended up becoming boondock saints pulp fiction had just crushed it and so miramax which is the weinstein company mm-hmm. were looking for like the next kevin smith next quentin tarantino kind of guy mm-hmm. and they got his script loved it <laughs> bought the script from him we're going to we're going to hire him to direct it he'd never directed anything <laughs> bought that bar for him what? And yeah, got I his, think it was one of his demands or something. <laughs> and got his band signed to Maverick, which is Madonna's label. What? And it was like, what the fuck? And then, and his attitude, like, he's kind of like a schlubby guy. who was always wearing, like, overalls. And, like, Pretty overweight and stuff. He started leaning into the, to that, and he's like, "I bet when you see me walk into your establishment, you just want me to leave. You don't know that I could fucking buy this place." He oh. had that attitude, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, I love it, it. and it just because they were going to film
1: this miracle story of this like yeah. guy that came from nothing, and then, but the money just instantly went to his head. Like oh, five no. minutes into the documentary, seriously, they're like, you're like, "Oh, this is gonna be like," and they're just recording his like narcissistic you know, speeches. Yeah. Like I'm just being like, yeah, yeah, it was, but he had like at his
0: bar, he had like Mark Wahlberg hanging out and like, like big celebrities were like all on, like on him. Like it was crazy. And I would say from when he went from the variety article talking about how he's the next big thing from that point to three weeks later, I think he'd ruined his career forever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm oh serious. Yeah. I think there's
0: a thing where, like, Weinstein calls him and he's like,
1: You're a fucking toast, dude. You'll mm-hmm. never make it in the city. Like, that kind of a thing to the most powerful man
0: well, in Hollywood. Harvey oh, Weinstein oh, was no. like, uh, I would like you to consider Keanu Reeves' free movie. And then Troy uh, Duffy is his name, yeah the main mm-hmm. character. He's like, uh, Keanu Reeves is a buffoon uh he will never be on my set like he's never made anything and he's oh calling God. like this you know really respected like legend and buff like yeah. this was then, before all the rape raping. The, yeah, oh. yeah 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 nobody knew that at the time well, maybe hollywood did. but <laughs> but it's crazy you see how powerful oh he was back then oh yeah Harvey Weinstein and then um and then his band which is his brother and a couple other guys um they, it shows them in the studio and that's hilarious. Like, oh it, it's so good. It's so fucking entertaining. I'm gonna have to watch it. I'm yeah. so excited. Yeah, yeah bo- even Boondock Saints is great. Like, it's this, it's sort of Tarantino
1: ass, this ultra violent, yeah. weird timelines. But, but then Weinstein was like, this guy's such a dick. He just <laughs> torpedoed his movie, didn't give it any release. <laughs> like, I don't know what
0: he did to it. He but, didn't end up releasing it. Oh, didn't release so it. So he it went straight to everything he offered him, he took back and then. A, a little British company ended up making it. Oh. And then it tanked in the theaters, but on DVD, it became a hit. Massive. That's oh, a weird. decent movie. Yeah. Yeah. And, then, yeah. and so this guy, yeah. Really- it had like a tenth of the budget it was originally going to have. But wow. he still got Willem Dafoe in it. And yeah. Billy Connolly in this oh, yeah. 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 And then he didn't, he didn't make another movie and he disappeared until like eight years ago where he made Boontog Saints 2. Yeah, oh and he also oh, this is other thing I was gonna say is that vastly inferior. I, I haven't, I haven't I seen know, it, why. but oh, yeah? Yeah. he changed the name of his band to the Boondock Saints. Also, <laughs> oh okay, yeah. So I was wondering about that because I was like, I know that there's a band too, and I didn't know the story. Yeah, yeah, and then so they got signed, and they got the guy from the Doobie Brothers to produce <laughs> their album, and then the the first week sales and this was in the mid 90s so people were buying cds was like 40 copies or something oh, man it was rough like i feel bad for him but he was such a dick oh yeah mm-hmm. it was amazing it was it was kind of exhilarating to watch him be such an asshole was like whoa, yeah. that's confidence yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah and
1: it, it's i mean you're like that yeah you get what you deserve kind of it, it, it does feel good like that yeah. yeah but it was insane that tucker would be like this is the example of what you don't want to do <laughs> <laughs> and just literally do that, like, the, yeah, oh, there was no. some, uh, yeah, sometimes where he was like, because I think once we did that arc light premiere and Hollywood saw it, it just collectively, because they even up till then they're like, we're gonna, go, we're extending the tour, Whoa. we're gonna do this, that, and I was on some phone calls and the actors that were in it, um, and I think it was like Jesse Bradford and stuff. were on calls being like, hey man, we're we're dropping out of the press. Uh, our agent said like, don't touch this thing, it's whatever thing, and then you know, I was there in the car and Tucker's like. It's like, you guys, you don't know what you're doing because like, they're locked <gasps> in for sequels. He's like, you'll fuck yourself. Like, oh, my fuck God. And at the time I was, uh, yeah, like, b- b- like on Tucker's side, w- weirdly being like, what are you guys doing? Like, this, you know, this is all going great. The momentum's yeah. all in our favor. But um, very quickly after that, I could see kind of everything pull back. I could see the reviews. The other thing, too, is the reviews we would get from the college papers. Unless it was a full on bro reviewing the movie who was like already a Tucker fan. We're not good. Like, was, And then so you're kind of like, ugh, is this movie good or am I just so involved? In oh, kind of man. Play? Yeah, I don't know. And I think watching the movie after I had some friends watch it and they're like, oh, it's terrible. Like it doesn't <laughs>
0: capture at all. Oh, I watched the- it recently. Oh, really? Because it was on. It just happened to be on a streaming service. And uh, it was like, I, that's why I was like, is that him? Cause I didn't actually ever know what he looked like. Right. Really? Yeah. Uh, we weirdly
1: look a lot alike, which was <laughs> very, another, that was like one weird story. We were in Boston and this, the other guys on the tour were like, it'd be hilarious if you go out. Cause it, the guys would, everyone would be like, are you Tucker's brother? They'd always yeah. say that. Like, uh, I think he's got like, we don't look, if we were side by side, you'd be like, eh, maybe cousins, but I don't know. Yeah. Brothers. But people would always ask me like, and I'm like, no. And then, uh, but they were like, oh, just, they bought me his outfit because he would always wear like Under Armour shirts and like the same exact outfit every day. And then made me go out and like meet with fans out from the tour bus as him. And, oh my I was like, hey. <laughs> and then, so I was like going out there and then, and they were like playing it up. So I was, I think it was in Boston. So uh, I was, I was like, Tom Brady sucks, but I'm like, but he's handsome. And I was just like, I was <laughs> just being like, I can't get over how handsome he is. And I was, and then maybe go and like take pictures with girls and like, do all, and, and we thought it'd be hilarious. And then Tucker saw that and he was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, <laughs> full on oh, was like no, Don't fuck with my brand. Like that's, whoa. That's who I am. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And I, and from then on to the next, it was like hell for two weeks. Cause he would just like, anytime I had like a drink in my hand, he'd like slap it out of my hand. Like what? it was just like full on like, fuck this guy. But. And I think finally the other guys were like, look, it wasn't his idea. I mean, yeah. I was fully on board for it. I'm like, this will be hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was, I was like terrified. Cause I remember they gave me a gray shirt and I was just like massive armpit. Like <laughs> trying to pretend <laughs> to be Tucker, like so nervous. Um, God, <laughs> so bad. But yeah, but th- those things too, you could kind of see Tucker sort of, you know, g- collapsing under all the pressure yeah. as, it, as it came through and. But it, I mean, he's admittedly a narcissist too, which I think he's gone to therapy for. So yeah. that sort of narcissistic injury, like anything that compromised his belief in himself, yeah. what he would just react, you know, almost violently to. Yeah. Uh, but then, uh, yeah. But that's also, I think, what made this whole thing happen was just this <laughs> like utter and true belief, which he did have a lot of, you know, yeah. talent. And I'm, so many people, we would get the uh, submissions of people trying to write, you know, to apply to be part of the thing and be like, hey, I write stories. And they're all Tucker copies, and nobody would come close to like yeah. how he would do it in the writing, like just yeah. the, like how he could had a knack for dialogue. And I think like Tiffany Haddish, he you know kind of ghost wrote her book, or like you know had really a, yeah, and that huh. thing went bestseller. Like holy so shit! he's I don't know if he ghost wrote it or, or collaborated with her, helped mm-hmm. her writing, but I know he was heavily heavily involved. But
0: those uh, like he does have that knack for sure of like whatever that is. I it's, I'm so shocked that. Neil Strauss co-signed his thing in a way. Neil Strauss, he uh he was a writer for Rolling Stone. He he wrote the dirt, the Motley Crue book. Oh yeah. And then what Chris mentioned, the game. Which, do you know what the game is? Yeah, I think you were telling me about it's that. pickup artist culture. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I'm like I so fascinated by I it. I know, maybe I've got the yeah. wrong because there is there a guy called Jeremy Ruby Strauss? Oh, I
1: don't know. Okay. I don't know if I have the right stroke. I'll, oh, okay. I'll look it up after. But it, yeah, it was definitely somebody who, I think it was the guy with the game because he'd had yeah. it published and he's like, he's like, yeah, and he's like, nobody believed in my book and then this one will be a hit. And it was like an <laughs> extraordinary hit for <laughs> years after, like people would, you know, I'd still see it at the airport. Yeah. And, like, yeah. But the funniest thing is there's no frat culture in Canada. So in the States, you'd be hard pressed to find somebody that's, you know, like say, it, today's years like this, like 35 years old to 45 years old that hasn't heard of it but here yeah much less because college culture isn't like yeah Mm -hmm. it's crazy here
0: oh man it's funny too because the game that that book was a a reaction to this other pickup artist who's from Ontario actually named mystery right (laughs) yeah and mystery wrote mystery method I think and then Neil Strauss Wanted to go live with Mystery to learn how to become a pickup artist because he'd never been with any women or something. <laughs> and they're they're the two like w- strangest looking guys, and and then they were known as the two best pickup artists in the world. Oh my god, it's so fascinating to me. And then Mystery got his own reality show where he'd teach a bunch of dorks to yeah, go pick I women. That. And I can't, I loved it. Yeah, it's so, it's such bad behavior but so entertaining to watch happen and it's and like mystery he wore like a he dressed like hats. jamiroquai yeah <laughs> like, he and he's like you gotta have what was it was articles of attraction so the more interesting articles you wear the more talking pieces you have so i wear goggles and at least 25 bracelets and i paint my nails <laughs> and this hat and eyeliner and a fur he basically just was dressing like Jamaica or, or a, a pimp costume, yeah, yeah. and then he'd go in, and it's like his thing was like, if you walk into a bar and you haven't started talking to a woman within a minute, you've already lost the whole room. So you got to just walk right in and just start talking to people, do magic tricks, and all this stuff. Oh my yeah. god, which is wild. And the the funniest thing too is when because
1: Tucker like unfairly, in his opinion, and, and potentially so, got labeled as like frat tire. It was like this new genre, but <laughs> Tucker was so anti frat, so anti frat boy. And even though he was a bit of, you know, he was a bro and like, you mm. know, would drink and stuff, but he he wasn't like, he hated those guys. Like, the oh, really? Dude, yeah. He would, he would, and he hated like the game. Like he was just like, just be yourself. <laughs> I mean, like, and then his, uh, and the other thing about Tucker that's, that's, uh, at least in the media that's underrepresented that he is like incredibly smart. Like when you go to his, yeah, I, believe I, it. I remember I'd go to his house, it was just the walls of books and he'd talk to you and he'd be like, oh, it's like this. And he'd reference something, pull it out, yeah. open the quote. Read the quote. Give you, you'd be like, I can't lend you the book because I need this thing. But he's like, but if you need oh. it, let me. Like he was, oh. you know, super well
0: read, very oh, intelligent. So wow. he's, yeah. He, yeah, his persona wow. it was it's is represented in. Dude, in he has his like work. A, a genius level IQ that he applied to this kind of yes uh, thing. That's so yeah. interesting. I think yeah. I think yeah. I think, it, yeah, I think that about Fred Durst. <laughs> Right now, from Flint <laughs> Biscuit, it's like I think he just realized there's like this space in the market for that kind of guy, yeah, to front this kind of thing, and I then know. it works, which I also love. <laughs> yeah, I love it too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, at the time,
1: I was like, This is great,
0: yeah, hell yeah. Uh, I, I actually think he's gotten cooler with age, too, because. He's clearly in on the joke. I think I told you yesterday, like my band did a thing where we were on tour and we we're in Montreal and there was a Limp Biscuit cover band poster and the band looked like shit. Like it mm-hmm. looked so stupid that it looked like they'd looked nothing like it. And then the guitar player in my band posted it and tagged them. And then Fred Durst commented, looks just like us. Oh, really? we we're like, yes, yes. <laughs> That's
1: awesome. Yeah, I love, I love when it. people uh, come into their, yeah, like their celebrity or whatever. It's, it's so endearing and people that can't. Um, yeah. I just read a thing literally, uh, on, on the way here that was, uh, the movie office space. What's the guy's, the character's main, his name is like a famous singer, Do you know, Michael Bolton. Yeah. Michael Bolton. It's saying... my favorite comedy. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. It was, yeah, this was like, and then I'm so bad with names. That's why you, when you remember Troy Duffy, I was like, yes, like, like, like <laughs> this is incredible. But, uh, but yeah, the um, Michael Bolton apparently was is just like a raging, same thing, narcissistic. Didn't find it funny at all. Oh, <laughs> No, hated it. But then they, they're like, it was so prevalent that he almost it changed him as a person because it oh, right. made him like embrace it. And I guess there's a thing on the internet of him recreating all the scenes himself. Oh, so in a way, you're like, oh, that's awesome. That, yeah, like, whatever oh, this that. did, because that's like what Trump always lacked. Like, he, yeah, you know, he could go on SNL, but he could never like fully embrace that he's like this buffoon yeah and it (laughs) made him more so i think yeah whatever Mm. there are people that have that yeah that weird personality trait yeah
0: yeah like the ability to like make fun of yourself if you're very famous goes i mean what's better yeah what's more likable than that oh nothing totally you can rejuvenate an entire career yeah you can't do a fake but you could yeah you could definitely if you believe that um yeah you can you can do that i was just thinking about how you were like That when, when, uh, Tucker got mad at you for impersonating him. Right. I was just thinking like, he's getting mad at you, you're at the Arclight, and then you have to go back to your day job, like your legal job. Yeah. Yeah. That must've been impossible. It was insane. And as the tour built, I was, you know, I initially
1: blogged about it, Tucker linked through. So then that got like tons of hits. Um, and People started being like, "Oh, I want to meet the Canadian." Like, I was just the only Canadian on tour, so yeah. Tucker would write about me sometimes. Oh, and that's cool. This stuff happened. So then, people by the end of it were like, "Oh, where's this Canadian guy? Like, I want to meet with him." And then, and so it became like you know this really tiny microcosm of celebrity. But felt like I mattered out of purpose every day. You know, that's it was so cool. So much pressure to, to like drive. Um, you know, we just we had like the tour bus, and then usually I would follow in the van, get so I got to see the entire United States too, which oh. was like, we went everywhere, which was incredible. Yeah. And then I'd like get to a city I'd never been before. Had to get the UPS, like get the swag, get it to the location, get it set up, um, do the show. And then it would just be like massive party after. Like, yeah. So, it was, <laughs> like, so fun. That, yeah. And then I just went back and I was like, huh, that was <laughs> wild. Like, yeah. I guess I don't get to, to do that again. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And then, wow. um, yeah. And, and strangely too, every single person that was kind of, Involved in that tour, there's another guy, Charlie Hohen, who's you know a, a great author and kind of motivational dude. They all, um, um, yeah, this guy, Jeff Waldman, they've, uh, Ben Corbin, all those guys like have kind of gone on to do cool things too. So that's great, yeah,
0: it's, it's pretty fun. yeah, that would cool. be tough to go back to. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I was like, I can't, I <laughs> no, can't, so and then yeah.
1: comedy because I, I used to be a writer too prior to that, and I was decently successful at writing, um, but it was just so lonely and there was no feedback mechanism. Yeah. Like, you publish something and sometimes people would find it. Then I got a website, which was decent in the comments, but the comments on the internet were, were insane too. You got like, yeah. You know, the trolls and stuff, which I loved. Um, but uh, I became more known, I think, for like agreeing with them. Like, they would be like, you're the biggest loser, this article. And I'd be like, <laughs> man, you're so right. How did I mess? And then they would be like oh, you know what, man? Hey, I was being too hard on you. Like, you know, I'm going through some shit right now. Yeah, and yeah. They would become my super fans and then other of those yes. trolls would come in and they'd kill them. Uh, it was a <laughs> crazy thing. But then when I did comedy the first time and, just, you know, I worked pretty hard on my first five minutes, whatever, not crazy hard, but for the, some people just go up and be like, I'm just going to riff or, you know, mm-hmm. write a day of. I really worked something out, had punchlines but, and then, uh, yeah, and it went well. And I was just like, man, this is the thing. Like, you know, wow. instant feedback. I'm in a bar. You could talk to people after. And it was just, yeah, it was. That was in Calgary? Yeah, Yeah. that was Calgary. So, and it's still to this day is like my favorite thing. So it didn't, I'm really glad. I gave up a lot (laughs) to do comedy, I think. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I'm glad I made that call.
0: You gave up a lot financially, but you've got to be way happier than you would have been. Yeah. Just just suppressing your taste and the things that you like to do. Yeah. And I mean, I'm
1: 39 years old. And I think, you know, we talked about that the last time we hung out, where it's like, if you repress those things, they may not come out at the time, but now for a, a man or whatever, like this is the time it starts to come out. For, like, <laughs> yeah. for some people, you know, yeah. that I know that are just like, man, I didn't do anything. And then, yeah. you know, I mean, it's one thing if you have like, I think the one thing is if you have kids or like that outlet and you're just yeah. like, hey, my life is for them. Yeah. Those people seem you know, extremely happy and yeah. they've made that choice. But yeah, if you have some, and even some some of them that do have kids, but if, it's just like if you repress that creative thing or that's something yeah. you could have been. It, and the thing it, you're it, passionate about. Yeah, you'll yeah. pay You'll pay for it. I think that's the road. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, just wishing you'd done more. And I mean, but at any age, it's still not too... I just didn't find comedy till... And once I did, I was like, perfect, quit mm-hmm. everything. This is exactly what I want to do. <laughs> that's so cool. But I could be right now, you know, still writing or whatever. I was trying to do all these creative endeavors. And if I found comedy today, I'm sure I would do the exact yeah. same thing. Like, I would just be like... That's what Dean Delray did,
0: that comedian. He's like, yeah. uh, he's he's a pretty big comedian in LA, but he was a... He was like a roadie and a touring musician until uh, his mid-40s. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. And now he does goddamn comedy jam, that thing yeah. that they do. And yeah. he's like killing it. He's he's one of those guys that's like never said no to himself. Like he's mm-hmm. just like, I can do anything I want. Like yeah. that's such a like attractive quality in people, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It is, it is. It is crazy. And then, I mean, yeah. And it's funny too with having started comedy later, mm-hmm. all like, you know, my best friends in comedy were doing it like, you know, anywhere from seven to 10 years. Yeah to start so even though in age we're the same more or less you know give or take three or four years on each side yeah but in like common experience i'm younger than them so i'm like this little brother trying to be yeah like, hey, I, I get it. it yeah but it's uh but it's it's super cool to have that to yeah like have your friend and and to see them stick with it because i remember you know like dave marriage for example came out and you know i was a year maybe not even into comedy or two and we did this tour and he was you know nine years in and he's like man i don't know like i work harder than everyone i'm you know, on the, um, you know, on the road all the time, I'm doing these shows and I just like, why is nothing taking off? And then I was like, I don't know, man, like you're killing everything I've seen you. And then he went back to Toronto and like one homegrown in Montreal and won Toronto's best comic and then got him Mr. D and then, you know, he's now he's on Rami. Like it was just, it's, you have to kind of stick with it. Do you and- remember
0: me? I was with you and him when I gave him a pep talk, <laughs> he was about to go to Australia and he was like, oh, yeah. what's, what's the point? And I'm like, dude. You're so talented. Like, what else would you rather be doing? He's like, I don't know. Flash cut to him getting on that show, Mister Mister D. Yeah, oh I text God. him and I told you so. I text him and I told you so every time something cool happens to him. Nice yeah. wins the <laughs> Juno. Told you so. Yeah, he won the <laughs> I know it
1: is funny, and it, and that's the other weird extreme of like the super confident person who's like, I'm gonna do everything. And then there's, like, the super, you know, yeah. insecure, like, kind of neurotic person who's like, I'm not good enough, but still crushing it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Dave, you're fantastic. Yeah, oh, but I think he, yeah, he knows his comedy skills for sure are, are yeah. good. And, he, I mean, he works hard. Like, he's yeah. always worked hard. But it is nice to... And it's so easy to not stick with it or just to be like, oh, for I can't sure, do this, you know, because every single day is that tough <laughs> feeling.
0: You know what, though? Like, if you're passionate the way you are and the way he is, it's like, if you just stopped doing it, I think you'd have this feeling like I'm blowing it by not mm-hmm. yeah, staying I, there. I would, yeah. yeah. And, it, and it's tough because, you know,
1: it, for some people too, it can be like, it's like a detrimental to their life where they're like, I gotta keep doing it. It's like, hey, you just, you know, but I think if anyone has a passion, the hard part is the work. Yeah, in like that you know the sticking hard work with it and then yeah yeah usually pay off in some form and sometimes in ways people don't even know Those yeah be like whether it be like the people they meet or some offshoot job like hey do you want to come write for this thing and that yeah. gets them right where they want to be so yeah it, i think it's worth sticking
0: yeah to it. Mm-hmm. you never know what it's going to lead to chris griffin you've led, led an interesting life so far yeah so yeah, many I mean. different things what happened for you and to you?
1: <laughs> Still no success. But
0: what? Maybe, yeah. Come on! You're a successful guy. You're so yeah. funny. I've been trying to make you release an album. I spent yeah. seven beers with you the other day talking to you about it. Yeah. We'll get there. <laughs> All right. I think that's the best way to convince me. <laughs> yeah.
1: Go for you another just, seven.
0: Yeah, I'll get no. you. All right. All right. Thanks for coming on.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me.